Welcome to the Mac PFD Spark Podcast. This podcast is meant to inspire you to take the next step in your development journey as a faculty member. We're really excited to bring you excellent and interesting content, from inspiring you to teach or supervise more effectively, to leading and managing your own team, to thinking about creative or humanistic ways to do your work, and finally, to build up your skills in scholarly practice. We welcome you to sit back, listen, and enjoy the latest episode of the Mac PFD Spark Podcast. In this episode, we hear from Dr. Gregory Spadoni talk about faculty fellowship. He discusses topics such as his background, what the faculty fellowship program is, what drew him to physiotherapy, and much more. We hope you enjoy. Well, I'm really excited to talk with Dr. Gregory Spadoni today for our Spark podcast. It is incredible to me that both of us have been here at McMaster for so long, and yet we haven't ever crossed paths or had the opportunity to connect. So this is my opportunity also to connect with you, Dr. Spadoni, and to hear a bit more about your work in the School of Rehab Sciences. So let me start by welcoming you to the podcast and allowing you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Ruth, thank you very much uh, for that warm introduction, and I'm very excited uh, to meet you in this format and and really look forward to meeting you in person uh, in the future. So I'm Greg Spadoni, and let's just call me Greg uh, from here on in. I think that's uh, that's the easiest. And as Ruth mentioned, I've been uh, teaching in McMaster uh, since uh, 2000, so for quite some time. And yet, as she advised, our paths uh, have yet to cross. I'm, a, I'm currently an associate professor in the School of Rehabilitation Sciences at McMaster in the physiotherapy program. And I uh, began my journey in 2000 as a part-time sessional uh, faculty. And at that time, I was working uh, clinically as a physiotherapist for two-thirds of of my time and uh, teaching uh, in the program uh, for one-third of of my time. And I continued uh, in that fashion uh, until uh, 2000, at which time Um, sorry, uh, till 2020, at which time I transitioned uh, to a full-time role in the the faculty. And um, now I'm currently uh, working um, full-time. So very, very uh, excited about that in the context of my new journey here at McMaster. Thanks. Thanks for that introduction and describing your background in physiotherapy. The way that I came across your name was because I saw an announcement that we had some new merit faculty fellows for the upcoming year. And for listeners that aren't aware of merit, this is McMaster's Education, Research, and Innovation and Theory program here in the Faculty of Health Sciences. And when I saw your name, I thought immediately, I have to reach out to you and connect with you to first meet you and also hear more about your fellowship. So first of all, could you tell us what this faculty fellow is and also why you decided to apply for this fellowship? Okay. Yes. So the Merit Faculty Fellowship is an opportunity to receive a mentorship and supervision in healthcare professions, education, research. 
And the ultimate goal of the fellowship is to, is to increase the number of education scholars within the Faculty of Health Sciences at McMaster. And uh, the way uh, that the fellowship uh, operates is that the fellow uh, will partner uh, with a merit uh, scientist who will serve as their supervisor and their fellowship mentor over the course of the project. And the fellowship is, is for a term of one year. So I began this fellowship at the beginning of 2023, uh, January. So here I am, uh, two, I've got two months under my belt at, at this point. And uh, the objective is, is to complete a scholarly uh, education project, uh, i.e. a research uh, a project, and then also to develop a personalized curriculum uh, to help uh, the fellow, i.e. me, acquire the skills necessary to complete the project, but more importantly, uh, to acquire the foundational knowledge and abilities to continue and to leverage education scholarship into the future. So that's essentially what the fellowship is is about, and I'm I'm thinking, Ruth, maybe what I should do is um, also give some insight into why I was interested in the fellowship. Yes, definitely. That was going to be my next question: is why were you interested in? Because in your background as a physiotherapist, I'd love to hear how your clinical experience and perhaps your teaching experience then joined with that education scholarship interest. Yeah. So. As I indicated, I, I began uh, teaching part-time in about 2000, so I did that for about 20 years. And during that time, I was always um, you know, continually involved in one capacity or another in research. Most of the time, I wasn't uh, not as a primary investigator, but as a facilitator and as a contributor to research. And a lot of that research um, was related uh, to outcome uh, measurement uh, uh, studies. My mentor at the time, Paul Stratford in the School of, of Physiotherapy, was is a, uh, an, an expert and an esteemed um, scholar in this uh, area. So we did a lot of work and collaborated on a lot of work in that area. And I was also involved in some clinical projects and, and clinical trials uh, uh, in in varied capacities that that related to to low back pain to exercise in in cancer survivors but, but again uh, always always sort of you know playing second fiddle uh, to somebody else in a in a contributing role and i was very in, intrigued by that and my opportunities in the, in terms of research and scholarship but i only had a limited capacity and amount of time to be able to devote to that just uh, given the way that that I, I had structured uh, my career at that point in the, in the context of clinical work and education. And, and through my journey in education, I was always uh, very interested uh, uh, to understand what would be uh, the best ways to facilitate uh, learning, what would be the best uh, way to facilitate success in, in our learners in the context of the physiotherapy um, uh, program, and, and, and what would be some innovative and novel ways that we could enhance and support and deliver the curriculum uh, such that it it met the goals of, of our uh, program, uh, but also met the goals of our students at the same time. Great. So it sounds like your history and experience with research was initially geared towards the clinical practice environment with low back pain or with exercise in um, the oncology population. And now it sounds like you're also interested 
in the education scholarship components, finding approaches or exploring approaches to a more effective teaching or curriculum development. So this naturally leads me to my, my question of what will you be focusing on for your faculty fellowship? And is there a discrete project that you will be focused on or is it a general area of research, education scholarship or education research that you'll be exploring further? Okay, that's 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 a good uh, segue in, into uh, what what I can <laughs> you say next. You make it next. easy. You make you it, make so it easy very for easy. Me. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Have me back anytime. Yes. Yes. So uh, it 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 is a specific research uh, project, and and this specific research project uh, that I'm leading is is investigating whether or not there are predictors of success in our graduate entry level physiotherapy. Uh, program so i uh, some some of the pre-existing factors of of learners that appear at admissions will some of those predict their success in the context of our program and also later uh, when they uh, sit national uh, licensing examinations and in the context of of success uh, that is being defined as you know academic success as as we would you know traditionally envision it but also success uh, in the domain of professionalism and we know from medicine who's who's uh, you know investigated uh, these predictors uh, previously that there is a relationship uh, between uh, uh, factors in the context of predicting and um, and academic success and and professionalism issues and and post graduation uh, licensing uh, successes. So uh, we're curious to know if if this will happen in the context of um, of our specific experience in the McMaster Physiotherapy Program. You're, you're highlighting an area that is really important in health professions education. And I hear these conversations happening in the health, various health professional programs. How do you identify a potential, or at the application stage, how do you identify an individual who will not only be successful in the academic components of the program, but also how are we screening for characteristics of individuals that can predict their success in their practice, not just from the academic stance, but also in their professionalism, their professional behaviors, and demonstrating those professional competencies. So I think that this is a really important area that you're highlighting in your fellowship. How are you looking at those, or I guess, how are you identifying the variables that you will look at on the application or that in the application process? And how are you looking at restructuring your admissions process to pick up on those important variables? Okay, so uh, th th this is this is some great insight on your part, uh, Ruth, and I'm I'm also going to reference uh, my merit uh, mentor, uh, Dr. Lawrence uh, Grierson, at this time. Oh, excellent! Okay. Yeah, I, I want to make sure I mention Lawrence at some point, not too far along in in this podcast, uh, just in case he's listening at some point. I want to <laughs> I want to make sure that that he's not wondering why I haven't mentioned him yet. <laughs> so uh, let me just let me just back up one second because part of 
um, this fellowship is to help to give me uh, some of the skills in, in inquiry and in, in investigation uh, that will help me to ask appropriate research questions in the context mm. of coming up with a meaningful uh, product. And uh, Lawrence and I have had lots of discussions related to admissions because uh, he has done so much of this work and investigation in the context of, of medicine that medicine and, and physiotherapy and other uh, health uh, professions are sort of still at odds with identifying what are the best mm -hmm. uh, factors or predictors of success in the in the program and 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 predictors of, of a healthcare professional that will meet the needs of of their uh, community and of the populations that they'll be serving right. so uh, effectively you know what the traditional uh, pieces uh, that that we that we look at that we'll be looking at will be uh, entry level GPA, gender, whether or not the individual has you know graduate training beyond uh, undergraduate uh, uh, training, and uh, and and some other vari some other academic variables. But the other interesting piece of the puzzle uh, for us is that. Uh, we uh, changed uh, the way that we conduct our interview uh, processes in 2018 to try to decrease bias and, and, and increase the pool of potential candidates. So we moved from a traditional in-person MMI format to a virtual online uh, format using a platform uh, called Cura Talent. And effectively, uh, what that allowed us to do was it, it allowed us to significantly increase uh, the pool of candidates that we could interview. And just, just by way of example, I'll suggest to you that in the MMI era, uh, on a weekend, we could interview uh, approximately 300 candidates. With this virtual format, uh, we're, we're currently uh, going to interview about 900 candidates. Wow. So this allows us to uh, uh, reduce some of the inherent biases that might be present in the interview process in the context of folks being able to appear in Hamilton on a specific weekend to, to sit an interview mm -hmm. and allows us uh, to interview a broader pool of, of individuals. So we're also curious to know if this change uh, from the in-person uh, interview, the MMI style, to the online um, uh, style of interview has also influenced or is a predictor of student uh, successes in the future. So my inquiry is really twofold. It's related, it's related to some of the traditional factors that we would think about classically that that we would attribute to to predicting success uh, as I as I described earlier, uh, but also in the context of our physiotherapy program. Can we identify a difference between these two methods of um, interviewing candidates? Mm -hmm. So as a uh, just point of clarification regarding those acronyms that you mentioned, the MMI, uh, you're referring to the multiple mini interviews. Multi, multi, yeah, multi, multiple mini interviews. Yes, and which would typically occur with people in person, and they would travel from station to station, uh, answering or addressing one short scenario before moving on to another station. And this would all be done in person. Whereas now in 2018, you mentioned, I think 2018, you transfer trans um, transition to this other online platform called Cura 
Kira talent. Uh, Kira, Kira talent. talent. Okay, I could could remember that second part. And does this mean that applicants log on to a platform and are exposed to various scenarios, and then they respond to those scenarios in some recorded fashion, whether it be a recording of their verbal response or a typewritten response, something like that? Ruth, that's that's pretty much exactly what happens. You've 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 encapsulated that uh, very well, and uh, yes, that is what happens. Uh, they log on, and the 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 nice uh, feature about this is it gives the candidates some flexibility in terms of when they can um, conduct their their actual interview. So they have a window of about of a, about a week to do it. Uh, once they begin it, then they have to continue with it, and it has to finish it in its entirety. And there's eight stations or questions that would appear via a video. They have one minute to listen to the question, formulate an answer in their in their head, and then two minutes to respond. And then they, you know, have a minute to transition, you know, to the next uh, question, and and that would proceed in that fashion there. And then post uh, the period where all of the candidates have conducted their interviews, then our assessors will review all of these uh, interviews and uh, and score each of the respective uh, candidates. So our our assessors, our, our faculty, um, full-time faculty, uh, sessional faculty, community uh, uh, partners, community uh, uh, clinicians, and other uh, leaders uh, in the context of, of the community. This is excellent. I'm already imagining how this study design is going to look. And so uh, one, one point of interest just for me is uh, when you're comparing the MMI and those multiple mini stations that applicants would go through in person to Cura Talent, which is this online platform, and they are virtually, I guess, going through these various stations. Is that the only difference between the previous MMI and Cura Talent? Or are you also changing or have you also changed the scenarios that applicants go through in the Cura Talent platform? Okay, that's a great question, Ruth. And um, I'll begin with the first one. So the so the uh, the, the primary difference uh, between the two formats is that uh, in the in the MMI era, we had to establish a GPA cut point um, that would uh, dictate uh, the interviews. So effectively, the 300 highest GPAs yes. of all of the candidates uh, got their um, received the interview. Now uh, we're able to offer interviews to everybody who meets our minimum sub GPA requirement. Uh, so this is how we've been able to increase the pool of applicants from approximately 300 to 900. Yes. So sense. Th this is why the question about um, GPA also becomes important because you can see that in the MMI era, all of the folks that, that were receiving uh, interviews were the ones with the highest GPAs. And, and now we have uh, the opportunity to allow individuals who may not uh, have uh, the top third uh, GPA, but have other skills and, and talents that would make them an excellent uh, physiotherapist. And, and exactly. now we're giving them an opportunity uh, to shine a little bit and to, 
to, to display some of those. In terms of the questions, uh, the questions are related uh, to, to physiotherapy um, competency. So it's, it's the Canadian physiotherapy competency uh, profile uh, is which we draw our questions from. And we're always updating these questions, of, of course. So on a, on a yearly basis, we're, we're redoing our questions and updating our questions. So the questions would be similar types of questions uh, that folks would have experienced in the in-person uh, version. They, they can expect similar questions in the uh, virtual version as well. Got it. Yeah, that makes complete sense that in the MMI era, you had a much narrower range of applicants because they, it was based on GPA cutoff. And so now you're able to expand that range to a, a wider band for GPAs and then compare that to the outcomes of interest. So the outcome measures then can be connected to a broader range of GPAs and then your JIRA talent performance would be included in that analysis. So that leads me to my last question uh, related to your specific project. And what are some of those outcome measures that you're looking at? So again, we're we're looking at uh, some 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 of our dependent variables that we're looking at in, in terms of success in the program. Um, have they achieved academic success in each of the academic units? So, i.e., passed each of the academic units. Have they achieved success on each of their um, clinical placements or in medicine, like internships or rotations? Have they achieved success? academic success in the context of, of those uh, events? And have they been cited uh, for any um, professionalism issues across their time in the program, be it in the context of academic experiences or uh, clinical uh, experiences in, in the program? So, mm -hmm. so those are our program-related variables. And then in addition to that, we're going to look at graduate student success on the licensure exam. So in Canada, uh, practicing physiotherapists in every province uh, other than uh, Quebec are required to uh, complete and set the, the physiotherapy national examination. And, and traditionally, um, I say traditionally because the pandemic has changed the context of it to some degree. It's consisted of two components, an MCQ examination and an OSCE examination. So we're also looking at the, the performance of our graduate students on those examinations, um, hoping to gain some, some insights uh, into our independent variable uh, predictors and whether or not um, we, we can, we can um, uh, predict uh, success on, on those exams uh, as well. Of course, the goal of this at the end of the day, Ruth, is for us to be able to facilitate students, provide supports for students, and to be able to help to create environments uh, that will ensure success for students. So understanding what some of these predictors might be will give us the opportunity and, and also the insight um, to, to, to update and to be innovative in the context of, of providing supports for students, you know, such that we can, you know, hopefully, you know, mitigate some potential uh, issues before they happen down the road. 
Yes. And that's exactly what I was thinking too, because I was starting to get really excited about thinking through the study methods and then how I was going to set up the study and thinking about all those uh, research related components. And then I had to stop myself as you were talking, thinking, you know, at the end of the day, we're doing this because we want to improve the student experience. We want to produce graduates of our various health professional programs who will be competent, safe, who will demonstrate professional behaviors and practice in the future and will provide a service to the public. So I was stepping back and realizing, you know, at the end of the day, your very exciting study and your study design, I'm sure you also had the motivation of this fellowship work will lead to impact on the physiotherapy program and physiotherapy curriculum and how we engage with or how you engage with physiotherapy students. So have you gotten a few um, areas or have you gained a few uh, areas of insight or interest in terms of where you see this particular project headed in uh, in making those bigger program-wide impacts? Well, uh, uh, Ruth, thank you for that. And I knew if I if I kept talking long enough uh, that you'd have an epiphany of sorts. And um, yes, at the end of the day, as grandiose as it might sound, it's really uh, very pragmatic in the context of what our goals are, i.e., you know, facilitating and ensuring student success. Um, again, beyond this particular project here, uh, the, the interesting and exciting thing about research is that as you work through one pro, uh, a project, you can think about various uh, parallels and tangents uh, that you can move on related uh, to that. I didn't mention in my introduction that I'm also uh, the chair of the admissions committee in the physiotherapy program. So, of course, at the current time, and, and this this reflects uh, my interest in this project as well, I'm very interested in our admissions uh, process and how we're conducting that and and again how we can how we can predict success and and ultimately uh, as i suggested uh, with referencing Lawrence earlier how we can find the the quote unquote you know best candidates uh, for for the program and and we have to figure out the 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 trick is defining what what best means and what that is in the context of of our program and and the needs of um, it and and our learners, uh, but moving forwards, I can certainly see you know leveraging this into into other uh, projects uh, related uh, to that piece around ad admission. Uh, we're we're really uh, proud uh, to to have to have increased our equity, diversity, and, and, and inclusion themes in the context of our admission processes. This year, 2023, we've um, initiated a facilitated uh, Black admissions uh, program. So we'll certainly be very keen uh, to investigate the impact of that, uh, both within the context of our program, but also in the context of, of health pro professions in a broader sense and, and for our community and the communities that our graduates uh, will serve. So very excited uh, to be, you know, looking into that in the future uh, also. And and then beyond the, the admissions, uh, you know, type of, of research, the interesting 
a thing ab about uh, thinking about uh, predictors of student successes, then then we can start, you know, to look at, um, you know, things within the context of the curriculum it, it, itself and our delivery of the of the curriculum and some of uh, the things that uh, we've traditionally done and and determining whether or not that's still the best way, you know, to proceed in the future. So, so these are some of the uh, things that I, I foresee myself you know, embarking on uh, once I'm done this fellowship. That's great, Greg. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us regarding your merit fellowship in particular. And I had a closing question that brings me back or brings me outside of the fellowship and back to you specifically. It's two parts. I'm really interested to hear as we wrap up, what drew you to physiotherapy in the first place? And also, what is most exciting to you about the future of physiotherapy, where you're currently standing? Yeah, that's a great uh, question. Um, well, what drew me to it was I, I had some experiences uh, uh, before I was in, in the profession that required uh, me to obtain the services of a physiotherapist. And, and the funny thing was that I wasn't, I didn't even know what this term or this word meant or who these people were. I, I'd never heard of them uh, before uh, my family physician advised me that I needed to go to see, you know, a physiotherapist. And um, once I had that experience with that individual, it was related to an orthopedic um, a type of sport injury at the time, I was just very intrigued um, by how they were able to, to help me. And I thought to myself, you know, this is the kind of profession, you know, that I think I, I can be uh, good at, because I always consider myself to be a people person. And, and I've always been in, in jobs that are sort of, um, you know, a public uh, facing. So having the opportunity to, to sort of, you know, think about where, where I'll go with a career next really excited me about that. And, and the other unique thing that really helped to facilitate that was that, that physiotherapy uh, was, was my second degree. And as I said, I started McMaster in 80, uh, in 84. Um, but at that time I was, I was in the humanities area and graduated with, uh, with, 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 with a degree in, in humanities and social sciences. So it really wasn't on my radar at that time. And, and luckily it was my good fortune that at that time McMaster um, had physiotherapy as a second degree program. So I was able to enter uh, the program uh, on the merits of, of my work, you know, in, in humanities and social sciences, and then was able to spread my wings and evolve uh, from, from that particular point there. Mm. And when I look back to when, you know, I was a student in physiotherapy and, and, and my embarking on a, on a career in, in physiotherapy, uh, you know, more than 25 years ago now. And when I look, you know, at the, at the landscape uh, currently, especially uh, with respect to uh, technology and, and, and advances um, in that context, and certainly um, technology and advance in that concept has allowed us to really, um, you know, be, be a little bit more focused in the, in the context of, of how we can apply and evaluate uh, what we're doing uh, clinically. So it's, 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 a, it's a very exciting um, time for physiotherapists. And I'm, I'm always excited for graduates to be able to go out there and uh, experience the world. 
That's great. And I feel excited about the future of physiotherapy too, just hearing you speak. And I'm so glad that I had this opportunity to connect with you on the podcast, Greg. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ruth. That was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Mac PFD Spark podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Office for Continuing Professional Development and the Program for Faculty Development at McMaster University's Faculty of Health Sciences. For more information on faculty development, be sure to check out our website at macpfd.ca. That's macpfd.ca. Here you can find other episodes as well as resources for your personal and professional development. A quick shout out to our sound engineer, Ishan Mania Panda, who has been an amazing asset to our team. Another shout out to Scott Holmes, who composed and supplied us with the music you've been listening to. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it and be sure to tune in for our future episodes.